Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Well, what a pleasure this is to talk to Bill Bratton. Bill was the commissioner of the Boston Police Department in the 90s, commissioner of the New York City Police Department, chief of Los Angeles Police as well, and his new book is perhaps the perfect book for our times, The Profession, a memoir of community, race, and the arc of policing in America. Bill Bratton. Bill, how are you, sir? Doing very well. It's uh, great to be talking to you on the West Coast. I had seven great years there at the LAPD, so it's uh, always nice to reconnect. Awesome. Um, so I uh, noticed the other day how crime is climbing the charts like a hit record in terms of a topic, a political topic. 75% of Americans believe crime is worse today than it was a year ago. And for their own local area where they live, a majority, 54% of people say crime is worse than it was a year ago. After decades of crime going down, it's going up and people's perception of it also. Uh, well, first of all, do you agree with that? And what's to be done? certainly agree with it. What I'm surprised about that it's not 100% for both categories, that uh, what had happened at uh, beginning in the 90s, we began a crime reversal turnaround that uh, for 30 years America was getting safer. There were certainly spots that were not, but New York City, my home city, homicides down 90%, overall crime 80%, overall crime in America down 40%. Many of the cities that you broadcast into uh, were doing pretty well over that 25, 30-year period of time, but Last couple of years, it's uh, uh, turned around dramatically. What's different this time is how fast it's happened, and people didn't expect it. We're focused on the coronavirus, and now that the virus is subsiding, this new virus is moving to center stage, and it's going to be as difficult as the coronavirus to deal with. Well, there's a hot video making the rounds on social media yesterday out of San Francisco 
because they have decriminalized crime in San Francisco. You had a, a guy clearing off the shelves at a Walgreens into a trash bag, getting on his bike and riding out the door without anybody doing anything about it. I don't know if you saw that. Did not see that, but it's just uh, one of a slew of videos in the sense of the lawlessness that uh, politicians have created in state after state, city after city, where basically prosecutors won't prosecute for shoplifting. So police are not going to make arrests for it. Store owners are beside themselves. And so uh, how can you have a society where there's not punishment for wrongdoing, uh, whether it's minor, like shoplifting, but in the sense of minor shoplifting, if you own a store, it's not minor to you. Uh, and then it just encourages more egregious behavior. That character guaranteed he'll be back in a week with a bigger shopping bag. And uh, because nothing's going to happen to him. What do you think led to the election, especially on the West Coast, of some of these far-left uh, DAs, uh, Chesso Bodine and, and, and his sort? Um, is it just that crime had gotten so low, people started to think that there was no need to be tough on crime? Well, the irony of it, in terms of one of the uh, tools used to get crime down, had been arrests, etc., uh, enforcement of quality of life crime after the 70s and 80s, we paid no attention to it. Then in the 90s, we began to. And there was a concern that uh, uh, too many people had gone to jail. In California, you had three strikes and you're out. And a lot of people went to jail for life for a third uh, seemingly minor crime. So there was this sense that, well, crime was down. Let's try some alternatives. Unfortunately, the criminal justice reform movement is moving too fast uh, with some well-intended ideas that basically, in practicality and reality, are just not working out. Relative to your DAs, George Soros' Open Society has been funding the election of progressive DAs around the country. You've got a number of them, certainly in California. I actually think what's going to happen, most of them were elected during times of relatively low crime, and they were going to put their ideas into a public that had become somewhat complacent. If we have a couple more years like this past year, you're going to see return to the 90s where the public's going to rise up and say, we've had enough, let's get back to some law and order. Yeah, I read your uh, piece in the New York Times over the weekend. Pretty cool. You got featured in the New York Times book review where they ask uh, the authors all the questions. I really enjoyed that. And actually, I've started reading okay. that 1939 that you recommended as one of your favorite books. But you also yeah, talked about... Great, great, great book, The uh, Rise of uh, Nazi Germany, and the run-up to the war, uh, World War II. Yeah, I'm loving it so far. But you also mentioned the book Broken Windows and the influence it had on you. What, what, describe that for anybody who doesn't know what that theory is about. Broken Windows is a theory articulated by uh, George Kelling, great friend and mentor, recently passed, and Jim Wilson, passed a number of years ago, uh, that I'm probably one of the principal uh, implementers of, practitioners of, and adherents to. Broken windows uh, uh, basically is the idea that if you don't take care of small things like small crimes on the street, that you create an atmosphere of increased lawlessness. For example, the shoplifting you just talked about. If you don't deal with that, that guy's going to come back and just keep coming back. You've got to stop it. It's like a child. If you don't correct behavior in that child, that child's going to get out of control. You don't weed your garden. The garden's going to get out of control and basically destroy even the strongest tree. 
So we practice that, but the challenge is policing is to do it in an appropriate degree. It's like a doctor treating you for an illness. You don't want to be over-treated. And there's a lot of attacks on broken windows now because we felt it was unfairly impactful on minority neighborhoods where so much of the crime and disorder occur, unfortunately. And so I'm a great believer in it. It's community policing. The essence of community policing is partnership with the community to identify what is it the community wants the police to address and how do we address it together. And what's the goal? Prevention. And so community policing in broken windows are one and the same thing. When the community calls you to come in and deal with the, the drunk on the corner, the gang on the corner, the barbecue that's gone out of control, the prostitute, that's broken windows. That's fixing those windows that are creating fear in a neighborhood. Which leads us uh, brilliantly into the next uh, phase of the conversation with Bill Bratton. His book is The Profession, a memoir of community race and the arc of policing in America. Where do we start to heal the distrust and and out-and-out dislike between much of urban black America and our nation's police departments? It can be done. One of the reasons I went to New York, excuse me, to Los Angeles, a primary reason was I believe that in that city that had one of the worst racial situations between police and black community in the nation, a police force that had literally been at war with this black community for 50 years, that the issue of police and race are entwined. You can't separate the two. You're never going to solve the race problem until you solve the issue of police dealing with race issues. And so in L.A., I purposely went there with the belief that uh, if we could fix the problem there, or at least ameliorate it significantly, uh, there would be hope for the rest of the country. And we did it. Uh, by 2009, after seven years, crime was down dramatically. We increased the size of the police force, increased minority representation. And the race issues in the city, uh, that city did not have a significant uh, uh, race, racial disturbance from 2002 to the George Floyd event, the murder of George Floyd. Uh, so there had been a growth of trust between the black community and the LAPD. LA Times editorialized when I left the city in 2009, after we finished implementing the federal consent decree, that finally a corner had been turned on race relations in Los Angeles. That was quite an accolade. So it can be done, but it requires a lot of hard work. and. Uh, I write about this in the book. There was a community activist, Sweet Alice, down in Watts. And when I was leaving, she said to, to me, Chief, you know why we like you so much? And I said, no, Sweet Alice, why is that? She says, because you see us. You really see us. Uh, and what she was saying was that uh, to basically solve problems, you have to see each other and see each other's perspective about problems. It can be done. It's a lot of hard work. You need patience. Uh, but it can be done. I know I only got about a minute left, but a, a constant refrain from the left is, we have too many people behind bars, build schools, not prisons. I feel like we need to have as many people behind bars as are committing crimes. So that's the correct number. But do we have too many people in jail? We, for a period of time, did put too many people in jail. That A lot of people who went to jail for drug offenses, my own state, New York, Rockefeller gun laws, Rockefeller laws, uh, California, three strikes, you know, a lot of people could be uh, treated for narcotics instead of being in jail. Uh, a lot of people could also, who had committed those broken windows, minor crimes, be sent to alternative types of uh, rehabilitation rather than prison. So did we over-incarcerate? We did. A lesson learned. But you are correct that uh, a lot of people have to be in jail. In New York State, 80% of the people in state prison are there for violent crime. 
So this over-incarceration myth, you don't go to jail for fear evasion or shoplifting in New York. You go to jail for violent crime, and even then it's hard to get you in jail or prison sometimes. So it's a, it's a hashtag that's been driving a lot of public policy and a lot of sentiment, uh, but it was based on some reality, particularly back in the 90s. The book is The Profession, a Memoir of Community Race and the Arc of Policing in America. Bill Bratton, Chief, hey, it's great to speak with you. Thanks for the time. Good luck with the book. Nice talk. Good luck with the draw out there, guys. Thank you. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't want anybody in jail who doesn't need to be in jail. Absolutely. Uh, right. Hardly a worse thing could happen when you're when you lean libertarian than have somebody behind bars that doesn't belong there. But it's kind of interesting that we had the lowest crime rate in U.S. history at the time that we uh, were over-jailing people. Um, I don't want to over-jail people, but uh, crime was real low. Right, absolutely. Well, and, and this gets back to the Joe Getty uh, principle of societies veering between the guardrails and never realizing when they have it right in the sweet spot. When you feel like we're over-incarcerating people, look, there's no crime. The the urge is to listen to people who want to go way to the other side. And and they are the loudest, most persuasive voices. And those who say, look, let's, let's move a little carefully. Let's tweak it a little bit. Let's be careful what we do. They're just not nearly as exciting. Yeah. And so it's just really difficult. We're constantly oversteering as a society. Plus, you create a new generation every generation, and the new generation grows up without crime, and they don't understand what's the big deal. Because they didn't didn't, didn't live in a time where people get whapped on the head walking down the street. And plus, the the lefty pleas of compassion and healing and the rest of it really appeal to the young heart. Uh, You know, as, as Churchill said, if you're 20 and not a liberal, you have no heart. Um, I thought his stuff on uh, Sweet Alice and You See Us was just a great point and how, you know, the cops have to be in the communities, the communities have to trust the cops, and there's a lot of healing that has to take place, and it's a lot of work. And, you know, I'd also point out that if you defund the police, you're going to cut training and you're going to cut uh, initiatives like that. Armstrong and Getty. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash I heart.